Welcome to Gridability, a podcast about overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds, the power of perseverance. I'm your host, Adam Clausen. I was serving a 213-year prison sentence and had to overcome incredible odds to be here living the life of my dreams. And today in the studio with me, I have two individuals who both have amazing stories as well. John Malloy and Willie Brown. Yo, Adam. Yes. <laughs> 213 years. Yeah. Jeez. Crazy story. Man. And in looking into your background, I see that we, you know, some commonalities, uh, you know, taking taking a turn in our lives early on. And as we were talking coming into the studio today, uh, you were kind of sharing some of uh, some of what those adversities were that shaped you early on. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, everything started when I was young. You know, my, my father worked in a steel mill, and one day Flight for Life picked him up from work, and it completely changed our house. My mother had, had ran away from home way before that, so it was my dad raising us, and yeah, he ended up in intensive care for a year. So my brother and I ran wild in the streets and without supervision. And you can just imagine, you know, two two young <laughs> young oh, boys, yeah. you know, doing what young boys do with a lot of energy and, and jacked up on Lucky Charms and Cocoa Puffs <laughs> <laughs> cereal, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was the beginning. My, my first felony arrest, I was 15 years old, robbed a movie theater oh. at gunpoint. And um, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was the beginning of of that that lifestyle, and and then my my final felony arrest. I was uh, 24 years old, um, July 4th, 1993, in another gun involvement deal, and and it was sitting on the bullpen floor in the Milwaukee County Jail where I made a decision that look, I'm I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this. And before that, I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine at 17 years old, you know, and I got locked up and I was in a drug rehabilitation program in there, which really was where the seeds were planted about entrepreneurship. Okay. Because I wanted to be a capitalist, but I didn't get the memo, don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I took it to an extreme and, and found myself struggling. But we were talking before this, I, I really believe that two things are going to come out of of these type of scenarios. It's, it's either you're going to accept what everyone is telling you, like you're a loser, you're this, you're that, and you're gonna, you know, those labels are gonna stick to you and you're gonna keep living that way, or you're gonna say, look, that's not who I am. And with that same energy, you can become whatever you wanna become. I mean, I didn't realize you were facing 213 years in prison. And for you to be here doing this and not another statistic, you know, back in prison, you know, it, it's pretty impressive. Well, I was going to say amazing. We're both, you know, overcoming those odds. The yep. statistics are clearly against individuals that start Man. out that way. And I want to talk about where you are now, because that's just a brief glimpse of where you started. <laughs> yeah. But I want to let our viewers know, where are you today? Today it's different, man. Uh, I'm I'm living life on my terms. I uh, I've got an incredible life. You know, I, I've built. I, I hate saying I, um, I. We, you know, because it it does take more than one person. I, incredible people around me. I've I've I found a way to where I was weak, find people that were strong, and then check my own ego and and let people operate in their lanes. And you know, we've we've done about one. I guess we're pushing 1.4 billion in in sales, total sales, and wow. you know it's generated tens of millions in personal income for me, which is pretty insane. You know when I say it now, because I never feel like I made it. Like I'm still on this. I'm still so hungry, man. You know I'm I'm on this grind, and and and, but I'm doing it differently. You know when you have when you have a little cushion, you know with cash. You can you can kind of do things the way you want to do. You know, I, I don't I don't worry about what people say about me and what people think. Le I wrote a book with Les Brown, the motivational speaker, mm -hmm. and Les used to say it's none of my spiritual business what people think about me. And I had a I had another mentor who wrote the book Slight Edge and, and Jeff, and he said uh, he said the day you stop caring what people think about you is the day that you're truly free. And mm. And I just don't give a sh. I, I mean, I love everybody, <laughs> but I can't. If you ain't helping pay the bills, and you ain't buying my wife a Chanel bag, 
then, you know, I'm going to stay in my lane and keep rolling. <laughs> well, you're in the right place for those Chanel bags. Man. There's definitely going to be one on this trip, right? <laughs> yeah, they keep going up in price, too. It's like inflation is not, you know, not only food is expensive, but these Chanel's are getting more and more expensive. Uh, <laughs> so, Got to keep hustling. This and, is Vegas, man. This is what you guys do out here. Yeah. Love it out here. Love yeah. it being in Vegas. Happy to have both of you here. Willie Brown. Yeah. Willie Brown in the house, man. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your uh humble beginnings how you got started and then where you are today oh man it, it started way back from six seven years old watching watching my dad so my dad has been in my life he's been in my life the, the whole time till this day you know thank god but he was he was a, a drug dealer you know and um what he would do around me and my brothers you know He'd always be counting thirty, forty thousand dollars of cash, and I, you know, I'm young, and everything that was happening, watching them when all this money would come through, everybody's happy. Hmm. So when you're growing up to watching that, seeing that around you, that's what you're learning, you know. And um, so as I got older, nine, ten, he started, even though he was a drug dealer he always had a side job he, he did construction he did remodeling never had bought any fancy cars never drove a regular pickup hmm. did his construction work and he was a he wasn't a small-time drug dealer it's just he lives under the influence which is not a good thing guys i'm very against drugs now very against <laughs> drugs it's so, okay we're not holding it against so, you <laughs> seeing all this money go around and you know nine nine or ten he's giving he's paying me a hundred dollars a day to go help him hang sheetrock and i guess when he'll do complete one of his deals and at the start you know it'd be it'd be 30 to forty thousand, even more at that at, at times and you know he'll let us count the money <laughs> and so i was raised always by money 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 growing up and so I believe by getting growing up with money all around me, it just, it, it, it took effect where I love money. And you know, at 14, once I got into my, I got into my teenage um, trouble. And uh, once I got into my, once I got into my teenage trouble, that's when my dad started pushing me away. My mom started pushing me away. And you know, um, I figured out how to get a job at 14. I think I called downtown or, wherever it was and um they said yeah you could work at 14 long as you're you have your parents consent parents go oh you put them to work <laughs> put them to work <laughs> oh it, it was called the catfish basket i worked there at 14 years old came the head cook head cook within a couple months I remember getting like three raises um so i was making paychecks right there and then got into more trouble I, you know, it's always always trouble, and I think I believe that's a lot because I'm the youngest out of three brothers, so my brothers were involved into the drug business also, and so watching that, I want to be cooler than them, you know, I want to make more money than them, and so that's, you know, I was leading, you know, even though I had a job, just like my father, just like my brothers, it's like everybody had a job. But we sold drugs, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we sold drugs. And even though I really didn't know how to sell them, I remember in middle school, you know, um, <laughs> middle school, I bought an uh, uh, ounce of weed. Ounce of weed, I put it in, I put it in three little, I put it in three little bags and, and um, it, it was $30 right there. And I paid 25 for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think I smoked most of it, but you know it was just about the money that was on my mind at the time but anyways that's that was the younger ages and then as i tended to get older um 17 18 years old came around man and started getting into deeper trouble you know now i'm an adult and you know that's when i started learning a lot quicker a lot quicker you know and i had luckily my dad had friends in the mechanic business and so i became a mechanic helper at the age of 18 and my drive and i and again i'm going back to this um is what my dad taught me from working 
and making money no matter what you have to work will um or as my family calls me to willie you know um you have to work willie so you know um i did the mechanic business and then also i um did did whatever on the side you know and uh i kept going with that kept going with that um Settling. Sorry, you know. Sorry for. I remember. I'm a. I'm a virgin. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a smirgin. I'm a smirgin. This is so, Billy Brown's uh, first time on uh, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and, so. and you're doing. You're doing great, man. You're giving us all the background, and I'm hearing yeah. hearing the similarities, and I'm hearing that common thread that that goes through this. You've been hustling since early on, like mm-hmm. focused on on getting that money <laughs> getting and paid. yeah, getting mm-hmm. paid and figuring out how to do it. You had mm-hmm. those other examples that. You know, we're showing you the, the pitfalls, obviously the challenges, being around the drug game. You know, you see the downside of it, too. Oh, they, they, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the, the, the downside, man, uh, many charges later, many charges later, a lot of people around me doing very stupid things, people dying, people going to jail, and, you know, everybody said you know willie you're so smart you know and they weren't saying that because i was in the drug game they're saying that because they're, they're watching me if a problem happened i was fixing it you know i didn't know i was an entrepreneur until i got until i got around entrepreneurs oh you're an entrepreneur because back where i'm from they don't like entrepreneurs you know so they would never say anything to me and a lot of crit- criticism from family, et cetera. And, you know, I never took into heart what they said. I kept being me. And then next thing you know, I started networking and realizing there's a lot of people like me, including John Malott right here. And, you know, we'll, we, we are the, the percent that gets rich. So, and there's a lot of people out there talking BS to you. There's going to be a lot of them. You don't listen to that. Do you, you want to be rich? You need to, you, you need to get with the people that are rich and you know what you're doing is not wrong. Flat, the suits, I'm always in suits, guys. <laughs> I'm always in suits. I, I love looking good. And you know why? Because um, where I come from, I love, you know, now I get in, I get in a suit and I feel good. <laughs> Well, you, you know? definitely look good, and I see <laughs> I see that success in you now. Tell everybody, what are you doing these days? I'm in the trucking industry, for one, in the old snap business also, you know, with, with John Malott. And, um, you know, I'm, it, give me a business. Give me a business that, that shows numbers I want in. I want in. But my main focus right now is the trucking industry. I found ways, and, you know, um, I found ways – to profit a lot of money in the trucking industry. But I am skipping subject. Go I'm jumping I'm jumping ahead a lot because when I started the mechanic, you know, the mechanic business, I always had my own little shop since 18. You know, um I want to I see people with businesses, they're making a lot of money. I want a shop. So I got a shop. Was I making the biggest money? No, I was actually probably losing money. Um but I was learning I was learning business. And um, so as that kept going, you know, in the mechanic business, how can I make more money? How can I make more money in it? And, you know, in my career, every year has only only gone up. In 2017, I opened up a big diesel performance shop. I had the biggest diesel performance shop in El Paso. Nine, nine, um, nine mechanics. And um, it, it was it was doing good. Good. We had a lot of business, but everybody depended on Will. But I point the finger back at myself because I was still. Now I'm in the big business. Now it's time to build a management team because when Will is wearing 20 hats, it's a little bit more difficult. But Will still wanted to get into all the businesses, you know, taking on everything. And so I took on the trucking industry. I'm like, I'm going to go buy me a truck. And so I bought a truck and I seen the money that came in and I said, this is the career I want to do. And 
I don't know. No, I don't think it was with you, John. I think it was with Brad Lee. You know, I, I showed him my bank statements. You know, I'm doing anywhere from a hundred to two hundred thousand a month compared to doing thirty thousand a month when I thought I was rich at the mechanic shop. So it was get rid of the mechanic shop or go in the trucking industry because the the mechanic shop is taking care of a bunch of grown babies. And so, you know, I, I, I'm going in the, the trucking industry. And now, as 31 years old and one million problems later, now I'm planning <laughs> what I do. <laughs> now I'm sitting down and, all right, we're going to do it this way and we're going to do it that way. The old will, I want in, I want in, I want in. Tell me a business I want in. That's why I got into so many problems, but that's why I'm smart, as I would say, but as what what you say you know i don't think i'm ever there you know um but at 31 years of age i've been through so many problems that it's made me to who i am today and you know what i see in the trucking industry is you know there's a lot of these gurus and etc that talk about uh, oh i got a course i excuse me i have a course and this will teach you but you know they're teaching the average stuff and that's why a lot of trucking companies go out of business is because they're not, oh, it's basically, oh, go buy a truck and go, here's the here's the, um, the board to go get loads. That's not the way you teach trucking. You're going to fail. You know, um, with me, I feel everybody that comes and tags along with me, they're family now. You know, they're, they're family, and um, I don't want to see them fail. And so I do hands-on training. My courses, I literally go detailed with them, you know, um i watch you know i take i take reviews and see how everybody else's stuff is doing um because i get a lot of attention saying oh i took courses i they're they're not good they're not good so what i do is see well why are they bad why are they bad so what i do is i take in their knowledge and make sure that mine my course obviously is not like that and what i need to do to make it better where these people learn a lot quicker and so I figured that out. You know, I have figured that out. Now the thing is, I want to teach the whole world. I want to go global with this. And now yeah. that's, hey, hey John. <laughs> this is where I, I come into the picture. Apparently. You know, hey, right. hey, hey, John, I, I want to, I, I have something good, you know, and I want to go global with it. Can you help me out with it? You know, um, it's going to take a, a, a big investment, you know, et cetera. And I told him the plan and, you know, well, we're here today. <laughs> so, so let me let me jump in real quick, because for me, all of the businesses that I've done were businesses that someone with my background could do. Because I caught on very quickly that if you check the box that says I have a past, you're probably not getting the job. If you don't check it and you get the job, <laughs> at some point, you're probably going to lose the job. So true. So it was like I was a janitor working at General Electric, because that's what someone with my past is supposed to do. But of course, I wasn't sad. I, I didn't, you know, everyone was like, well, be happy you got a good job. I'm like, man, this is the, the, the work. I'm scrubbing another man's toilets. I'm working paycheck to paycheck. I'm struggling to keep up with big mouth promises I made to family, friends, and bill collectors. I can't stand my life. There has to be a better way. But I had that seed of entrepreneurship planted in me when I was 17 years old by a guy named Dave, former outlaw motorcycle gang member in a drug rehabilitation facility. And he was the one who gave me a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It was my first exposure to that type of information. I'm like, dang, I didn't even know this stuff existed. And, and, it, and it, you know how it is, it planted that seed and I still had one foot in the hood and then I started reading these books. I'm like, man, maybe this is my way out. But so like, so fast forward, I get involved in, in companies, network marketing companies, which I didn't understand. I didn't even know what that, what that meant, but they didn't care about my past. They didn't, no one even has. They're like, okay, well, if you do this and do that, you're going to get paid. And I'm like, okay, I'll go, I'm going to go hustle like Will talked about. And it, I, I wish it happened fast for me, but it, it, it didn't. But eventually it turned into millions of dollars per year in personal income for me. So people started hitting me up like, like I'm doing something great. But what I realize is that for most people with a colorful past, we're limited on what we can do. If we don't become entrepreneurs, there's just not a lot of doors opening for us. And, and there's not a lot of programs for someone coming out of, say, prison 
to teach them entrepreneurship. It's like preparing them to get dead-end jobs that they're going to be disrespected, treated poorly. And when they were hustling, in a lot of cases, they were doing much better. So you can see why the system keeps putting people back into the system. And so I, I started using these, these companies as a catalyst for people like me. I had this, you know, my, my early organizations were, you know, vice lords and black gangster disciples. It was, it was, we were gang members, Latin Kings. And I was like, look, there is a way we can go get money legitimately. It, and, and, and that's basically what happened. The last company we built had 327,000 distributors in eight countries. And wow. our little, our little team, you know, was doing 220 million of that company's 250 million a year. And so I, I'm fast forward, I meet Will and he's in this trucking game and I realize there's a lot of people moving into that game with colorful backgrounds because it's kind of like, you know, my brother, for example, my brother's been in and out of prison his entire life. My brother became a, a, a truck driver until, you know, he, he made a big mistake behind the wheel. But I, I realized that was another industry that had some doors open. So when Will comes to me and I know Will's a hustler and I'm an investor in, in people now, not, not necessarily companies. I said, well, you know, he, he lays out this plan. I said, well, look, I'll get behind you. I'll help you get some structure, some organization. I'm, I'm big on systems because I'm, I'm all about freedom. You know, McDonald's, you know, McDonald's is a system. Like you and I, all of us could create a better burger at home. But the reason why McDonald's serves billions is because they realize, put, put a system to it. And now you can set up a distribution point every single corner all across the world and serve billions. And, and so I've, I've built these businesses using systems. Now we got all these high-tech tools. So you can take the average person, put them inside of a system. They don't, have to, they don't have to necessarily put on a suit and learn sales techniques if you got a system. And that's where I came in with Will and said, okay, man, let me, let me help with this to be another catalyst for people to make the changes to become what they have the potential to become. Does that make sense? Man, that makes all the sense in the world because when I saw initially when, when you hit me up on Instagram and I'm looking through both your mm -hmm. profiles and a lot of things that I saw that to me immediately captured my attention. And I know I work with individuals who are transitioning out of the system. And just as you said, you know, checking that box, uh, is a mindset as well. Knowing that you have to do that puts an immediate limitation on you. Uh, and I deal with that all the time. Individuals underestimate their own personal strengths, their skills. So what you're doing is amazing. Both of you creating those opportunities. And what I'm hearing is it's about relationships, right? It's, about the, it's about the people around you having those right teams. And, and I would say for a large part, people underestimate the value uh, you know, you just went through a list of organizations of gangs, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, hey, some of the sharpest people, some of the, these people were not dumb. You know, it, it, here's what's crazy. When I was a kid, I'm in school, I'm, I'm being labeled a failure because I had energy because I, I couldn't sit in a classroom and listen to somebody talk at me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So now I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm all these adjectives you describe me. And, and if you hear it enough, you start to kind of, you know, become what, what you're hearing enough. And, and it was early on, this was happening to me. And like I said, you know, I joke about my, you know, for breakfast, here I am a high energy kid and I eat a bowl of lucky charms and you send me to school. Are you, what do you think's going to happen, man? I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm coming. And then we're trading now and laters and shit in the hallways <laughs> and it's game over, man. I'm in trouble for sure. And, and so that's in, in a lot. And I realize when I'm, locked in these environments with other people a lot of them had very similar stories mm -hmm. these were high energy people these it, it wasn't i was I, I was i i dropped out of high school and all that but when i would test when they would do a test i would test very high but i just wouldn't do the work on a day-to-day -day basis i wouldn't do for sure i wasn't doing homework shit i got to get on my bmx bike and you know i got stuff to do it it, it just wasn't it, it wasn't palatable it wasn't fun it it it, it wasn't stretching me you know what i mean i and i mm -hmm. i think a lot of people end up in in prison because what do you do with some of that energy and then you got hustlers that that don't even know they're entrepreneur willie brown didn't even know mm -hmm. entrepreneur was a big word man they didn't use that that word necessarily but we knew there were people that were out here hustling to make money 
these same people, if you take that same mentality and put it in the right business, man, they can accomplish insane things. And so that, again, that was, that was the thing for me is I, I saw so many people like me that were labeled and it doesn't matter. You never, in this society, they say, what do they say? You, you paid your price, your debt to society, man, they don't ever treat you like that. They always look at you cross-eyed, <laughs> you know, they, they, they're not opening doors. They're, they're whispering about you behind your back and you feel it and you know it. And I see why people go back to it. And that's where part of it too. I think part of this training is that that's got to come out of it is like, you got to let go first yourself of, of all these things that you're telling yourself. Cause I'm, I'm feeding myself a junk food diet 24 seven, telling myself I suck. I'm a loser. I can't do this. I can't do that. Or this person's better than me, or they got a degree in there. No, they ain't better. And, and you know, you, you have to kind of reprogram yourself. And that's what we do. Like in, in our ventures, we help people and it doesn't matter. They don't have to be criminals, you know, or, or, but, but people are so down on themselves because society is down on people and everyone, you know, seems to be, it, we live in a society of disrespect today, not respect. We're not lifting each other up. You know, there, there's hate for no reason. There's trolls on social media that I'm like, what do you get out of just going from per, one person's page to the next person's page, just talking shit about them? You know, like it, it, it's just weird to me. And so we're part of what we do in our trainings is build people up. You got it. We say transforming minds, bodies, and bank accounts. So I'm like, we got to get your mind right. We got to get you off the junk food diet that you're feeding yourself 24 seven. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then work on the body, get your physicality, right? I'm, you know, I'm going on 53 years old and I've, and I've got, I still have more energy than the average 20 year old, uh, because I'm working on all these things, feeding my mind, right? Feeding my body, right? And it's interesting. If you get your mind, right, you get your body, right? The bank account, comes naturally because it's the same principles to fill your bank account as it is to get your mind right, to get your body right. Those same principles apply when it comes to getting your finances right. But people do it wrong. They're, they're, they're going after the money first and then they're hitting all these walls and these roadblocks and they're one, they're frustrated. And you know, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure you're interviewing people all day long that are telling these kind of stories. Man, so true. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're hitting on every single point and you know, to, to what Willie said earlier, you know, going after that money is a great motivator, yeah. mm -hmm. but if you're not taking care of the mental and not taking care of the physical, you're never really going to get to your full potential. And I, I know that for me, you know, I, I saw the workouts that you're doing. Yeah. There's a lot of that's being very strategic in yeah. cultivating that mindset, making sure you're in the right physical frame. Willie, what are, what are some of your strategies? How do you get to that place to make sure that you're staying in that positive mindset, despite the haters and all those other people <laughs> that come after you on social media? How do you stay positive and stay focused? So again, this is like something, it came naturally with the problems, because if I had a mentor like John or all these mentors out there, I could have moved so much faster, <laughs> so much faster. But all the hate, you know, a lot of it will come from family. A lot of it comes from friends. And, you know, I was smart enough, and this is where I got away from the drugs, the alcohol, because you notice all these people that are doing drugs, that they're not doing good in life. All these people in alcohol, they're, 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 everything leads to bad. So being... I want to, you know, I already made multi-millions of dollars, but I want multi-millions million, of dollars sitting in my bank account. Um, I need to do something different. And, you know, I started coming to Vegas. You know, I met Floyd Mayweather. I met John. I met Brad. And and um, they're, they're talking to me. I'm like, God damn, that, that's, that's what I want to be. And they're, they're talking the same shit I'm talking, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so once that happened, you know, it's not, oh, oh, I just stopped everything right there. Why, why I stopped everything is because the friends that I was hanging out with, they weren't doing nothing good. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody criminalized mine. That's going to get us in trouble. Don't want to do it. You know, look, look what happens every time. What's the outcome every time? It's, it's trouble. So you didn't just leave the neighborhood. You left the state. You got on a plane, came to Vegas. Tell me, how, how does that happen? How do you decide, like, this is where I need to be to connect with those people that, that I see doing the things I want to do? So 
it was a uh, uh, i never been to vegas never been to vegas um idolized floyd mayweather i want to go to his club we don't need to talk about all the money spending all that at his club okay <laughs> And, That's and, where all that millions went. <laughs> Help Floyd get richer. <laughs> exactly. And there was Floyd right there. And, you know, um, that's how the relationship started. You know, when I go around people, you know, I tend to build relationships with them. And, and um, saw Grant Cardone. You know, you guys know Grant. Um, and then that's when I saw Brad Lee on his page. Somehow Brad Lee came into the picture. And um, started talking to Bradley, hey, trucking, 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 you know, because guys, remember, I'm still so excited. But when you, you, you know, you're making over 100,000 a month, you know, I'm going to go tell everybody, <laughs> God, where's my business partners? I'm making, you know, I'm making some money. But I also thought I was making money at the mechanic shop when I was doing 30,000 a month, because back where I'm from, that's a lot of money. And, you know, once I got into the truck and, you know, it, it exploded from there. So anyways, I decided to do a trip going to um, going to Vegas with a friend and saw Floyd, et cetera, you know, and then I, 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 there's a lot more networking here. It's a lot more smarter people because back where I'm from, party, party, party. You talk about money. Oh, no, you're bragging. You're talking shit, you know, and um, I have so much of that family and friends, you know, I talk about money, I'm talking shit, but I come to Vegas, let's talk money. <laughs> well, let's do something. This place, Vegas is for me. This is the yeah. place to this lose is. your money, take your money, suck it, it suck it out of your uh, wallet or, fast. Oh, it, it, it can be. <laughs> or yeah. win a lot of money. Yeah. Or, yes. or meet the right people. Well, that's a way to win money too, right? Yeah. I, know, I know both of you have talked about investing in relationships and you know, investing in relationships and knowledge, you know, part of it is first acquiring, knowing what you need to know, and then being able to connect with people. Because if you don't have the right information, you know, if you're not bringing value to that relationship, it's, it's not going to be mutual, right? No. So that's, that's where the personal part comes in. And me, you know, all these books on these bookcases here, that was my education in prison. And I say it all the time. I was incredibly fortunate to be around so many individuals with the abundance of creativity, like the intellect that resides in those environments to what you said earlier, John, yeah. like it's amazing and people greatly underestimate coming from various backgrounds, you know, and it's generally that mindset that limits us from getting out of there. So being able to, to take that trip to Vegas, to get that exposure, you know, that's the key getting in those right circles. What was that point, John, for you, where you found that network that you tapped into and was like, mm, this is where I'm supposed to be? Yeah, you know, it's, it's very similar. I, I, I was in, Milwaukee, I lived between Milwaukee and Chicago uh, most of my life. And it was that kind of, the mentality w was different. It, it was, of course, it was a, in, in our little neighborhood, it was a, a more of a blue collar mentality. Um, and, and there was just something that didn't sit well with me I, at a certain point. I started to catch on. Like there's, there's gotta, there's more to it out there. You see, you know, you, you hear the stories, you see people that are crushing it and, and doing these things. And, and if you go back far enough, like entrepreneurship really wasn't as acceptable as, as it is today. Cause we, you know, we didn't have social media. We didn't see all these people. So it was like, you basically go get a job, you know, if, if you go get a job and that was, that was kind of not happening for me. And I end up. I end up later on. I met a guy by the name of Jim Rohn, and this was coming right out of uh, a, a major legal issue. Uh, I was 24 years old, and Jim Rohn, you know, one of the greatest business minds on the planet, God rest his soul, a Tony Robbins mentor, mm -hmm. a lot of CEOs and, and incredible people talk about Jim Rohn. But I was sitting at the feet of greatness, and at the time, I didn't quite understand it. But I knew this dude had some knowledge that I wanted to get. So anytime I heard. He was anywhere. I would hop in that Pontiac 2000 two-tone, one-tone rust, one-tone dirt, and I, and I would pray over that car. I'd go to the ATM machine and, and you know, pray that I can get 20 bucks. I would go. I'm telling you, I would, I would drive 12, 18 hours sometimes. I would sleep in my car. I would wash up in public. This is how bad I wanted out of that environment. That it was like, man, they, this, they, this dude has the information. If I can get that information. Everybody wants a mentor, but it's like 
people come to me now want to be mentored. I'm like, and I'm always in the back of my mind, well, what's in it for me? You know, I, I got family, I got kids, I got responsibilities, I got companies, I got employees, I got all this stuff. I, you just can't, I can't just have you take my time and energy, which is the most important thing. But what I, what I realized from Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn had an, uh, an incentive because the reason I got connected to him was because of this business. And if I produced, he earned an override. So it was, the relationship became very clear to me. Oh, if I go and produce more, he's going to uh, look at me. He's going to talk to me. And that's what started to happen. I figured out, oh, if I, do, if I do more business, I get more mentorship. I get more game. I, and, I, and that's what started happening. And then I would, we had these contests that I would win. And they would be like to pick up people like Jim Rohn from the airport, Mark Victor Hansen, who's the, I think the number two best-selling author on the planet, second only to the Bible. Uh, I picked up Les Brown and Gladys Knight. I couldn't pick them up in my car. I, I would borrow people's cars, by the way, <laughs> back then. But I started catching on. Proximity is power. If I can get around these people, man, they were like swans on the lake to me, man. I was like the ugly duckling. I just couldn't figure stuff out. So I said, I just got to get around them. And, that, and I instinctively figured out I got to be, be in these circles. What do they say? Bir my, my, my dad would say birds of a feather flock together. And, you know, you're, you know, you know, you're the combined average of the five people you hang out with. So I wanted to be in those circles. And, and that's, I intentionally found ways to get into these new circles where, where there were men and women that were just crushing it in life. I remember just, I remember uh, Jeff Olson, the author of The Slight Edge, he would be at the bar and I, and, you know, I always knew where, I, where he would be. You know, he, he would be holding court at the bar and I wasn't his friend, but I would stand right behind them <laughs> and I would listen to him talking to his friends while they're, you know, drinking beers and stuff. And the stuff I would pick up and list or oh, just eavesdropping on their conversation. Eventually later on, him and I became friends and, you know, built a, a pretty substantial business. We used to put 4,000 people in a room in Chicago, you know, for entrepreneur events together. But it's amazing how you can work your way into these circles if you're intentional about it. But if you got your hands out all the time saying, mentor me, give me this, give me that, you know, it's, it's, it's not a win-win situation. So I caught him very quickly. Let me bring value to you. If I can bring value to you, if you got a product, if you got something I can, I can promote, I can hustle, I can connect people to, you're going to take notice. I'm bringing value to you. And there's a really good possibility. And that's how, you know, I look at some of my business partners today. You know, uh, you know, one of my business partners, Terry LaCour, the dude does a billion a month per month in sales, you know, go back far enough, you know, a dude like that wouldn't have a, a conversation with me. And today we're in business together, you know, Cody Sperber, clever investor, you know, you know, these guys have made hundreds of millions of dollars and they don't, they didn't come from the same backgrounds necessarily. They had a lot of these guys kind of, some of them grew up with this information. They had a little bit of a head start on this stuff. So I just figured out if I can get around the people that have the head start or have the information, I could speed this whole thing up for myself. And that, and that's what happened. And I just had this, I had this hunger. I still have this hunger. Number one, to get the information. And so that's how I ended up. And I got out of, I got out of the, you have to leave these circles. Like people in my neighborhood will say like, I sold out and I'm like, no, even my brother, when my, our sister died, um, she just had her, her birthday last Saturday, but uh, she died at 21 from a heroin overdose. Mm. And I remember even at her funeral, my brother, my brother talking shit like, you're a sellout. This and I was like, look, th this is where you're going to end up. You know, I don't want to end up here. I can't be in this environment. I can't be around these people. They, they're, they're not doing anything for you. They haven't done anything for you. They haven't done anything for any of us. It's, it, it's crabs in a barrel type thing. I, I didn't want it. And, and somehow he had this twisted belief that we were like, I said, I've never sold out. Actually, you sold out because you stay in this environment. I keep coming back trying to bring people out. I'm actually coming back in here saying there's a better way. And you and all the people we grew up with choose not to. That's a choice you make. I keep saying I got, I got the golden ticket. I got the path. Just get on the damn path. I've already cleared it with the machete. And, you know, so it's, it's an interesting deal how you think you're going to bring these people with you. But a lot of people get they, that comfort, man. And it could be comfort being miserable. Like I have, I have, I have friends back in the neighborhood. They are miserable. They post it on their Facebook. You know, they post that. You know, they're miserable. And yet you bring them something and they shun it. They, they don't, they don't do anything about it. I'm like, look, I could teach you, man. You're, you're my brother, man. We grew up together. And 
They just don't want it. So I knew I had to get out of these circles. So for me, it was very intentional. Get away from those people. Get out of these environments. Get into, and I want, and then it was Paul J. Meyer, one of my mentors, billionaire Paul J. Meyer, God rest his soul as well. Paul J. Meyer always said, you want to be at the bottom of your circle, work your way to the top, then find a new circle. So hmm. Start at the bottom. He said, if you're at the top of your circle, because a lot of people like being at the top because, you know, people bow to you, people praise you, people edify you, people, you know, bring you cups of coffee in the morning. It was get to the next circle where you're at the bottom, you're the, you're the, the, the low guy in the totem pole, and then work your way up. And that's all I've been doing, you know, my entire life and still doing it today. I'm, I'm looking for the next billionaire circle, you know, to get into. I got some, I got some big goals, man. Let me hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with you to that billionaire circle. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that, too. You know, gritability. Um, gritability. I love the name, by the way. I just love it. Gritability, man. It's, it's, I, I got to credit my yeah. wife. Mm. My wife's amazing. She did 11 years with me of that 213-year sentence. Wow. Always believed, and I credit her. She has been the strongest influence in my life, uh, allowing me to become the person that I was always meant you to be. You got a real one. Oh, man. She's amazing. So, And we do those partner squats like I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key to you know the relationship, finding yeah. that, that shared passion. But... As you know, I've mentioned on here previously, gritability is a skill. Like it's something that you cultivate. A lot of people look at it like, oh man, that person's got it so good. Like no. you were gifted with all these things. We all have gifts, no doubt, right? And it's figuring out how to use those. But then gritability is doing those things you don't necessarily want to do, but that you know that you need to do to get to the next level so that when you get to the top of your circle, to have the courage to step outside of it and go to the next one, like that's the most challenging part, right? And most people don't have that courage. They would rather look around and say, you know, all of the reasons why they can't get out of their current circumstance. Willie, I heard you say, you know, you from an early age saw you were in that circle and were already looking for ways to gravitate to get out of it. That a lot of people say they can't do it. Ask them to do it. They can't do it. You know, um, a lot of people are going to judge, et cetera. You know, when <laughs> I'm going to bring them up again, but like when I met Floyd, little do they know I was making a lot of money in the trucking. But when I met Floyd, oh, you, you, you're, you're, um, you just have what you have now because you met Floyd. I'm over here working my ass off. I have what I have now because I'm working. I just, you know, that's just a relationship I made. And same as, you know, what John is talking about a lot is going to put, putting yourself into that circle. It's not hard. It, it might take a little bit of time. For sure it takes money. You know, and sometimes it's not the most of money. You know, John's making it by barring people's cars and whatever he needs to do to put himself into that circle. That's the same thing what I did. I made sure to put myself into that circle, you know. I put myself into John's circle, you know. Did I ask him to be a business partner or investor at the time? No, I just wanted a relationship. Be 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 my friend. And then as we got to know each other, you know, well, look where we're at now. And, you know, a lot of people, why I brought it up earlier, a lot of people think this got handed to us. It got handed to John. It got handed to me. Nothing got handed. You know, we worked for what we have. And what I want to do is show everybody, especially the trucking industry, but everybody, it's not a hard thing to do. You just got to put yourself around the people. Oh, well, you charge too much. And sometimes, you know, we have deals go on. You know, um, John has a real big company, Oh Snap. Well, guess what I did to have John right next to me? I invested in his company and it didn't cost much. Nope. It didn't cost much. And, you know, and I tell people, oh, they, now they just start saying their, their reasons of why they don't want to do it. Company, Old Snap's about to blow up. So when Old Snap, Old Snap blows up and everybody has the, the, their regions covered, oh, Will, I want in. John, I want in. You could get in, but everybody's going to have their, their regions where you're not going to make too much money. You know, and it, it's stuff like that. So that's what, I, what I'm trying to get out. You know, I'm starting these podcasts. It is my first one. But <laughs> I'm trying to get out where 
I'm trying You're to a natural teach will. You're a natural at I, this. I, I, I'm trying to teach people. <laughs> Will's gonna launch a podcast next week. <laughs> you know, there's something real quick, Will. There's something while, while you were saying it, and, and you already hit on it. Is a lot of people say or they think it's luck, and I and I and every time someone said, I said, you know what you just did by saying someone else is lucky, you just pretty much guaranteed that you're not going to get it. You're you've pretty much said the reason why Will has that, the reason why I have that or you have that is because of, of luck. And and that tells me right there the mentality of that individual. I hear it so often and I, and I feel bad and I want to grab him and shake him. I said, you got to get rid of that mentality. The, even let's just say you were born in the house with the silver spoon in your mouth. That's still, there's a difference. Like, you could piss it all away. There's more stories of people that come from those environments that don't become anything. I like, you know, every now and then I hear the story of someone came from, you know, I think it's probably harder when you come from a house that they already have millions and millions of dollars to actually become somebody that goes and, and carries it on, takes it to the, because what do they say? You know, these, these millionaire families, by the second or third generation, the money's gone because these kids get comfortable and mm -hmm. they get entitled and they burn through the cash. I watched this American Greed story. And they talk about this this family and the kids. They were flying their damn pet turtle on a private jet to meet them on islands. I mean, just wasting family money that was made. Mr. Hilton, you know, we all we used to hear about Paris in the clubs in Vegas, partying like you know a maniac. You know, she had she had a silver spoon in her mouth. She had she could burn through. You know, granddaddy Hilton's money who started the Hilton hotels and they, you know, they, that wasn't luck. That was these people that, that went and made shit happen. You, you get my point. And I think as soon as we, we point at someone else and say they have it because of this, we're basically justifying us not having it. We're, we're saying I'm not going to have it because I'm not lucky. And it is nothing like the, you're saying the books sit down, you know, you know, while, while people were at the club. I'm reading books. I'm reading Thinking Grow Rich. I'm reading Atlas Shrug. I, I'm while, while you know they're playing games, while they're you know Call of Duty experts. You know I'm I'm on my way to another seminar. I got you know in, 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 you know anyways this this there's a difference maker. And if you do these, it's the slight edge. It was the little things, these little simple disciplines that I practice every single day. That in the very act of doing it didn't seem like much. Take two 20 year olds. One's eating the Big Mac, one's eating the salads, you know, working out, things like that. They don't look much different at 20. But give that a little time. They do that consistently. So, so the opposite, so success is simple disciplines practice every single day. That's how you become successful. Failure is simple errors in judgment. Now, people don't think about this. So it's not the one Big Mac that kills you. It's, the comp, it's not the one cigarette. If, if you saw someone smoke a cigarette and they drop dead from that cigarette, you wouldn't want to smoke out of their pack. You'd be like, oh, okay, I ain't doing that shit. But because it's not the one that kills you, you keep doing it. It's the combination over a period of time. So one heads to success, one heads to failure. Now we say, well, this dude got lucky. No, he didn't get lucky. He was doing these little disciplines every single day. And who knows how long it's going to take. I, tell, I don't know what it's going to take for you. I don't know how far behind you are. I was so far behind. It took me seven years. My first year as an entrepreneur, first year full-time, I made $4,000. They were laughing. Thanksgiving, are you rich yet? I'm like, are you rich? You're still in the cubicle. You know, like at least I'm doing something to change my stuff. And I, all the criticism. And I remember at nights, man, thinking, am I, what am I doing, man? This is embarrassing. I should just go back to janitorial services, you know. It, but I stayed on course. So it went 4000 then 16000 By the seventh year, I make $116,000 in a year. The next year it went to 224,000, then it went to a million a year, then it went to 2 million a year. Then it was like clockwork, man, for years and years. A quarter million dollars a month was showing up whether I rolled over in bed or rolled out of bed. But nobody talked about that 7 years of me in that Pontiac 2000 and or on the bus stops or you know, praying over the ATM to get 20 bucks out of it. And nobody was talking about the things I was doing. They and now we have this social and I'm sorry for for, for going here, but, but it just, no, what you said yeah, hit me, man. You're speaking my language right now. This, Keep rolling. It just got me when I hear these people, and, and then, the, then we have this social media thing that will lead you to believe that you can just go do, like, you got 20-year-olds taking pictures in front of mansions and in, in, in beautiful cars and saying, buy my course, buy my course, and then you buy the course, and it doesn't work, and you're wondering why, 
it's because there's a process, you know, nature figured out. You got to plant the seed and there's a process before you can go to harvest. People are trying to go to harvest. They're like, put the seed in the ground. The next day they're yelling at the seed, grow, grow, grow. Well, that's not how the shit works. And we're trying to speed all this up. And what's happening? You got more people frustrated, more people in debt, more people anxiety, more people talking shit about each other, more people judging each other. It's getting, it's, there's just this pressure to be great without becoming great. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like win the lottery and you hear the stories. These people, most of the lottery winning stories are like misery stories down the road. You got a million dollars, but you didn't become a millionaire. <laughs> so like you were yeah. talking about, you want, to, you want millions in the bank. So you've made millions, but just like I did early on, I found a way to, I gave it all back because I, I didn't have financial literacy. I, I, I needed time. I needed seasoning to understand how to be a good steward of money so that my money would then go make me more money and more money. But instead, I'm in the club, you know, popping bottles and strip clubs and everything else for years because that's what I thought you were supposed to do when you got money. Anyway, I got hey, on a little rant. But. Hey, no, that, that's, why, that's why there was no popping bottles or <laughs> at Floyd's Club this week. Yeah. You know, I'm um, watching everybody as, you know, people give people been giving me chances, you know, as growing in, in this industry, you know, um, John Malata and, of course, a lot of other people. And, you know, what John did his whole career is he's studying everybody. Um, Adam, I'm studying you. I'm studying. I walk into your building. I'm studying everybody. You know, um, I learn off of your problems also. You know, a lot of people, like you said, um, it, oh, it, it's luck, luck. But what I figured out is when I started making a lot of money, that's when more problems came in. That's when I actually got really smart. So with what I have now, this system, because I, I just I want everybody to get rich. I want everybody to make a hundred thousand plus a month, if not more. You know, so what I figured out is they want to hand it to them. You know what? I came up with the plan. I talked to John. I'm gonna hand them the money. You know, it's literally handed 60 days, you're gonna be doing a six figures a month. So now you have to manage it one of the hardest things to do is if you're new you know because a lot of people they're just they're so down on themselves they don't want to take the the all the steps to get to become rich you know to become successful so i figured out you know if i make them six figures a month first few months let them manage and let them get into a few problems and they could go from there so what I have, what I have, if they listen to the system and if they can manage their money right, you're gonna be a very successful person. And I, and I figured it out how to do it because it's been my mission is to help everybody make six figures a month. Maybe they weren't as lucky as having an entrepreneur bloodline like me or John. And um, but if you're willing to listen, you know I'm, I'm putting out me and john are putting out a product next month that you will make a lot of money you will make a lot of money you know and you have to listen to the course and you will um have to manage and build your team and go from there so we're everybody wants it handed to them so you know i studied and i studied and you know what i i figured a program out where i'm gonna hand them the money now it's their job to keep on running with it and you know uh, uh a lot of people are going to benefit off of this, and that's what, what I'm happy about. That's why I'm on this podcast. Um, one of the reasons in the course I want to get my name out there because, you know, Willie Brown, you know. Downtown Willie Brown. Downtown Willie Brown is, <laughs> is, is, on the, is on a mission to help out the world to make money because, you know, there's, a, there's what, only 1% rich people, and, you know, everybody wants to be rich. I wouldn't and, have messed with Will if, if he just came to me and said, I have this course. Because people come to me and they got courses, and I'm like, "Well, what?" John have you hates done? courses. <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of, and, and don't get me wrong. People say, "John, you're a motivational." I said, "I'm not a motivational speaker." I'm, all, I don't mean to be offended by it, but everybody in the grandmother's trying to be a life coach, a motivational speaker, a course creator, and I, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur that speaks. I'm not a motivational speaker because if you pump up an idiot with motivation, you just got a pumped up idiot. You know what I'm saying? You got an excited idiot. But if, if we can teach statistics, and I mean, if we can teach strategies and tactics and, and we can give them real tangible stuff, I'm down for that. And that's why when, I, when, Will, when Will and I talked, I'm like, Will, I would never do this 
except for the fact that you've done it. And if you're actually taking what you actually did, I don't want some fluff stuff. I don't want any of this. Not I want. I'll get behind it with you if if we're actually going to teach what you did to make millions in this industry. Because people come in all the time, and I'm like, what if I, I I learned my lesson because of social media? I had I hired an 18 year old to run one of my companies because he was a social media guy, and I, that was a that was a recipe for burning through three hundred thousand dollars in a very short period of time. Good person, good heart, maybe, but didn't do anything yet. And 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 you know, I I, I want to be around people that have some tangible skills that they can teach to someone else. I don't want someone that wants to build a course because they think they can make money doing it. Just like people come to me like, John, I'm gonna be a motivational speaker. And I'm like, why? And because I have my, people should hear my story. People don't give a shit about your story. I'm sitting next to a guy that was facing, you know, 200 years, you know, two centuries behind bars. People don't care, we all got a messed up story. Somewhere along, even if you come from a good house, there's some, there's some uh, what do you call it, skeletons in the closet type stuff. So nobody cares, what are you bringing to the table? What are you, what, what am I gonna walk away from? What can I use? What information in that course can I take into turn into cash? I don't need to be, I don't need to feel good. I don't need a bunch of quotes anymore. You know, I get on YouTube and, and, and find motivational quotes and things. I want some real tangible shit that I can go and pay my bills. I can get through this inflation. I can get through this recession or whatever the hell we're in. That's what people want. And that's the only reason why I connected with Will. And I, and I appreciate that, John. And you know, what I noticed is a lot of people that enter the, the criminal justice system and that are really smart. You know, we we come out, you know, not coming out of literally prison, but we, we, we become successful. And next thing you know, we're making more money than doctors, more money than lawyers. And you know, we didn't we don't have no college education. I don't even have a high school diploma. And now I go around a bunch of average people and you know it uh I, I need to go get a private jet for one. <laughs> you know, because cause these 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 airplanes, you know, these airplanes are something else and you know put and, and I want to help them, but when you try to help them, no. Why why do you want to talk about money? Or it, it doesn't work like that. Or it would have, they're rationalizing so many excuses why they don't want to get help. And then they go back to their family. Well, I'm trying this and I'm trying that. Help was just at your door. Help was just at your door and you didn't take it. I'm doing so much of that right now. I'm literally trying to hand so much knowledge over at, at, at literally no cost. And some, um, some people won't won't participate in their own rescue. The life jacket's not the right color or whatever. So that's why the the, the free stuff I don't. As John's saying, you give it to them free. The first problem that they run into, they they they're gonna quit. They run away and, and they they don't want to talk to you no more. Oh, or or what it is is they got a better job and or they open their own company and they're doing something better. But which is all a lie, you know. Um, I wish they, I, I hope the best for them and I wish they did, but a majority of the time it's not like that. You got to take risk, you know, and um, again, by getting involved in so much of this stuff and watching so many people do what I just talked about, that's why, you know what, I'm going to put the best course together. You know, I know John doesn't like talking about courses. I really don't either, but the thing is I'm on a mission to help to help the world, to literally help the world. And so that's why I'm going to literally hand out phone numbers, names, this is who you call, and you're going to make a lot of money. I have so many students now that took many of these other trucking courses. Will, it doesn't teach me nothing. Will, it doesn't teach me nothing. And, uh, and once they get into my training, 60 days max. 60 days max and you know that and not only am I teaching them how to how to make a lot of money we become family we become friends I will take you to Vegas with me I will meet you to John now now you're coming into the bigger circle because the trucking money is just going to get you into the top now it's time to get into other streams of income and that's what I'm talking about the relationships you know knowledge knowledge first then the relationships and not everybody's going to be ready for it right not everybody's at the same place in their yeah. lives, but the fact is the two of you are in a position to help a whole lot of people. 
I appreciate both of you for coming on here and for sharing your personal stories because I see where you're at now. I know that it, you know, like you said, those struggles, those seven years in that rusted out <laughs> hoopty driving around, right? That's what people don't get to see. That's what gritability is about. It's about the power of perseverance, grinding it out day after day to get the life of your dreams. You two are both living examples of what's possible. I love that. I feel very fortunate to be in the room with you. I love being around people who are doing the things that inspire me. And I'm sure that you inspired everybody who tuned in today. I wish you luck over there at Bradley's. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm feeling fortunate. I got you guys first. So, you know, yeah, when you, I popped my cherry with you. Yes, man, <laughs> yes. First, I love to be, I'm a man of first, right? So yeah. you heard it here first. I appreciate you both coming on. And both of you, again, thank you. If there's anything I can ever do for the two of you, I am always here because I feel like... Uh, it's my responsibility to contribute to add value to every relationship that comes into my life. So thank you guys for both coming into gridability. Thank you, brother. Thank, no, you. thank you. And yeah. you know, as I, as I was telling John about you, I'm all like, you know, this guy just got, got out of prison from doing or from getting served 213 years, but that's a, that's my guy. That's my kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing. Yes. Yeah, our kind of guy, but no, man, you can tell you have a lot of big things going on. You know, I seen you, um, from somebody putting out your name and you know um you have a lot going on too you know and so when all of us connect when all of us network we could teach a lot of people you know just by speaking you brought us on here and you know what my mission is what john's mission is is to help everybody make some money so they could be in our positions well and let's do it let's you, all go man, make some know. money together love it bro thank you thank you for having all us right, thank you great ability power of perseverance overcoming seemingly insurmountable <laughs> odds We'll see you next here, back here on the next episode. Nice. And cool.